Hello, everybody. This is Scott Yates, Director of Communications and Producer Relations with the Washington Grain Commission, here with episode 210 of Weed All About It, or what I'm calling Closing Time. My last podcast as the host of what has been a heck of a ride for this old dog over the last four years. Certainly the end of this podcast is a bittersweet moment for me. Media-wise, I felt Weed All About It was one of the best things I've done over a 35-year career as a newspaper reporter and director of communications. And I learned so much. If I'd had the time, but there was never enough time. I'd go back and have you listen to snippets of early podcasts. I really did get better over four years, which reminds me of a quote I ran across not long ago, which said something to the effect that confidence is merely the repetition of a thing. I was definitely not a confident podcaster in the beginning. I remember scrambling to figure out the technical details of recording, editing, and producing a weekly podcast pretty much 12 hours a day during the last two months of 2016. That included coming up with the short songs I wrote and recorded, some in my own voice, one with my daughter Chloe. I was hoping eventually to record others from wheat farming singing them too, but there was never enough time. To be perfectly honest, time was the killer. I worked more weekends than I care to admit over the last four years. I might be an office drone, but I felt like a farmer insofar as I worked until the work was done. For anyone thinking of doing a podcast on their own, a word of advice. Don't do it on your own. I got better with practice, of course. In the beginning, I hate to admit how many days it took me to produce just a 20-minute podcast. By the end, when you take everything into consideration, from coming up with the idea, to pre-interviews, to writing questions, to recording, to editing, and then posting the finished product, I might have gotten the process down to under 8 hours. But then, of course, the podcast hasn't been my only responsibility at the Grain Commission. Over my years as an agricultural reporter, I wrote a lot of stories about potential new crops for the region. Canola, of course, winter peas, dryland corn, and triticale were just a few. Seeing how well they grew in the field got me excited by the possibilities. But I quickly learned that growing a crop is one thing, marketing a crop is another. It's the same with a podcast. I felt I had a good product, but without a market, well, that's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? Frankly, it's why wheat makes money for farmers. Because there's a lot of people and infrastructure behind the crop, what we call the grain chain, that allows it to be marketed profitably. And of course, that infrastructure includes the Washington Grain Commission. Weed All About It had some good years when 500 people a week would listen to episodes. More recently, owing perhaps to the fact I wasn't attending meetings and promoting the podcast as part of my other duties, listenership dropped to under 200 listens a week. I had companies ask if they could advertise on the show, and I think that might have helped generate listeners because the company's interest would have generated interest. But the idea of having the WGC taking advertisers' money just didn't feel right, and I wasn't even sure a state organization could. In any case, I turned them down. Then there's the whole issue of Internet connectivity in the countryside. 
I still think more farmers could have downloaded episodes if they really wanted to, but even after four years, the podcast never became a habit. But for my faithful podcast listeners, as I call them, I have to say it would have been much harder to walk away if I'd had a thousand listens a week. Spreading my psychic costs over more listeners is like a farmer spreading his variable costs over more acres. It makes the whole operation cash flow better, right? In the end, the podcast received nearly 50,000 listens over four years. That sounds terrific, but divided over 210 episodes, well, you can do the math. In episode 100, Mike Karstensen, an Elmira-area farmer who was then one of the newer commissioners on the Washington Grain Commission, interviewed me about my life and influences. For this, the last episode... I invited Mike back to quiz me about the highs and lows as the host of the podcast. Take it away, Mike. Okay. Uh, You know, Scott, first I want to start with, I'm just sorry the podcast is ending. I know it's been just a valuable, valuable thing for a lot of of different people, but I certainly understand, you know, why. Um, It's just like this. When you're digging a hole, you just got to quit digging. And you just can't keep going on forever. It's like a farmer eating into his equity. Um, but I think it's really important that you quantify who actually was listening. And that's not the numbers. You know, you had a large group of, I guess you could call them movers and shakers in your audience. Don't you think? Well, I, I agree. I agree. And, and thanks, Mike. Uh, you're right. It's not just about the numbers. It's also about who the numbers represent. I I like to think the people who were regular listeners were on the cutting edge, perhaps the bleeding edge. And it wasn't just farmers, of course. Landlords listened, folks in agribusiness. A lot of researchers were also regular listeners. I had a gal who left WSU and went to Cornell for her graduate degree, and she told me that she turned on a whole cadre of students at Cornell to the podcast. For me, I think the landlords are the really important one that feedback I get on the podcast, but, um, you know, they can still get their information a whole lot of other ways. Back to the the podcast, what would you say was the high point of your podcasting career? Ah, yes. Well, there were so many. You know, I think I spoke about this once before. It wasn't actually a podcast. I was at the Tri-State Wheat Convention in Portland waiting for the elevator when a staff member of the Washington Association of Wheat Growers came barreling out and we nearly collided. Now, I laughed at the near miss and then I got on the elevator with a young couple. And as we were riding down, I started a conversation and introduced myself And the young woman said, I knew who you were as soon as you laughed. And (laughs) I have to say, I have always thought then, what a great thing it is to be known by your laugh. If I ever get a tombstone, that would make a great epitaph. He was known by his laugh. I didn't even know I laughed that much on the podcast until she mentioned it. Well, you know, before we bury you in the ground, we do need some more information from you. All of us, when we do stuff in the past, there's certain things we've liked and certain things we regretted. Like when I say, hold my beer and watch this, the next thing that happens, I usually regret. What, what about you and hosting your career? Any regrets? 
Uh, you know, Mike, I wish I'd been better at marketing the podcast. Writing has always been the thing that I have done well. And the podcast really needed another person, not only to help with the production, but to spread the word and get people into the habit of listening to this new technology. Uh, what about any favorites? Were there any particular podcasts that come to mind? Well, you know, there was a podcast that was titled, What? Me Retire? Lessons on Life After Farming where I interviewed two farmers, Randy Cease, who farmed near Colfax, and Jim Wellsby, who farmed near Heartline. Now, Randy had recently retired, and Jim had been retired for some time, and I talked to them about what other farmers on the cusp of retirement needed to be aware of before they pulled the trigger. Now, I thought that episode was a great public service, and both of them were very articulate about the pitfalls and joys awaiting others in retirement. One of my early podcasts was with Jay Penner, a farmer I interviewed from his hospital bed after falling about eight feet while stretching to detach a GPS antenna from the top of his tractor's cab. Now, that one was entitled Pay Attention for Obvious Reasons. As a result of his fall, Jay became paralyzed from the shoulders down. It was a great interview and also a public service because Jay made it quite clear to others how not to wind up like him. I actually had a farmer email me afterwards letting me know that as a result of that episode, he went out and bought a stepladder and was keeping it in the bed of his truck. Also along that same line, a more recent podcast I did with Gary Roseman hit home. It wasn't so much what Gary overcame after a grain auger fell on him and broke his back as a younger farmer. It was the philosophy he developed that he made his life meaningful through. Interesting. You know, there those were all good podcasts. I've listened to each and every one of those. And, you know, there's quite a few other ones. And I, I know people will be able to, to look them up and, and see some of the past ones that they haven't heard or they can hear those again. I'm just curious uh, about, you know, in your podcast career, what, what have you learned new about our industry? Oh, so much, so much, Mike. You know, one of my favorites in that regard was a two-parter I did with Kim Campbell and Karen Sanguinet, uh, ARS and WSU scientists. It was called Dead of Winter, Alive with Life, Wheat Plants in the Cold. That episode really pierced a lot of misperceptions I had about what was going on with wheat in the coldest time of the year. You know, Mike, over the years, I've used a lot of descriptions to describe wheat in the winter, words like hibernating or dormant, neither of which is correct, by the way. That episode helped me understand the wheat crop better, and, you know, I hope it helped farmers understand their wheat crop better. That wheat you have out in the field right now is still just chugging along. Some other episodes that I did uh, on falling numbers uh, and, you know, the phenomenon that led to discounts really educated me about what was going on in the fields and why farmers were being discounted. Over the years, I also did, I, I think it was five episodes with Jeremy Wolf. Now, he's a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Spokane. Jeremy isn't a flashy guy, but he was great at explaining the weather influences in eastern Washington to me and my audience. Actually, I learned a lot doing this podcast. 
Yeah, uh, interesting again. I mean, to get back to one of my earlier comments is, hold my beer and watch this. And I said that really led to some regrets, but it also led to some pretty fun moments. And <laughs> I'm just curious about the podcast. Were there, were there, were they fun for you to do? You know, Mike, I'm a creative person. It's part of what makes me tick. So I have to admit that one of the funnest podcasts that I did, I did a series of them, I think over four years, I did five wheat o'clock reports, which were basically an amalgamation of news about wheat and other information that impacts wheat farmers. And I even did it complete with commercials and the sort of intro music associated with the network news program. I even deepened my voice for the delivery. This is Scott Yates with the World Wheat O'Clock Report. Yeah, Scott, I remember those. It takes you back to that good night and good luck, Edward R. Moreau broadcast. <laughs> well, thank but, you for putting me in such good company. Another integral part of your podcast have been the songs. And you play a bunch of them at the end of the podcast. And I really don't want you to pull out the ukulele, but where did those songs come from? Well, you know, like I said, Mike, I'm a creative guy. Uh, you know, they were fun to write and, and produce, too. You know, of course, I didn't have a band to give me the backing music, but I was able to find the right sound in snippets of free music that came as part of the Garage Band program that I used to edit the episodes. Mostly, I used the song that I titled Favorite Treat, but depending on the circumstances, like say an episode on herbicide resistance, I used the song titled Don't Like Chemicals. There was one song I liked but didn't have much use for in a wheat podcast that was titled We're Carnivores. And there was another one I, I wasn't sure the commission would appreciate that was titled Out in the Country. I had to ask my boss, Glenn Squires, about that one. I was gratified when he agreed that I could use it. But uh, like I said, mostly I used the favorite treat song because I felt it really encapsulated what the wheat industry is all about. We feed you. Yeah, so true. Okay, let's shift gears and, and let's talk about the uh, times now, the times we have going on right now with the pandemic. And is there anything, uh, you know, wh what changed the podcast, the pandemic had to have affected it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Until last March, all of the podcasts I did were in person. And after the lockdown, I had to scramble to learn how to record podcasts over the commission's life-size network, the same network that we're talking over with right now. It's, it's like Zoom, but it's called LifeSize. And it's different doing remote podcasts, but not as different as I originally thought. And of course, the pandemic also ended recording podcasts at the various weed events that I would attend. Okay, tell us what you're most proud of. Well, um, besides making a weekly deadline for four years without missing one, I, I have to say that I'm most proud of the fact that in all that time, I didn't have anybody calling me to tell me I'd messed up. You know, back in journalism school, which is ancient history now, I had a professor who had a stamp with the letters F-E on it, which stood for fact error. Any error, in fact, that he found in a story, he would stamp the paper with an F-E and you automatically got an F. 
getting my facts straight has just always been really important to me. And I, I have always hated even misspelling a name. Oh, it goes right to my heart. You know, I'm also proud of all those folks who formed the core of my listenership. They didn't come and go tuning into only an episode they felt applied to them. They listened to every single one. I only wish there'd been more of them. Yeah, you know, that F-E, not very good, but it's probably way better than an F-U. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's been a great ride, the podcast has. And you should be really proud of what you've accomplished and what you've done with it, the effort that you put into it. I know the commission is truly grateful for the attention you brought to our organization and the industry. Thanks, okay. Scott. Well, thank you too, Mike. I really appreciate it. Okay, folks, this is it. Thanks for tuning in these past four years. Please remember that all 210 episodes of Weed All About It will remain on the WGC website at wagrains.org for the foreseeable future. You can search through them using keywords. There's hours of information and entertainment. I'm ending episode 210 entitled Closing Time with all five of the songs I created for the podcast. This is Scott Yates, Director of Communications and Producer Relations for the Washington Grain Commission, wishing you a wonderful 2021. We're all children of a special treat, a miracle of nature that we just call wheat. We feed you. You think we're simple, you think we're not right. Look at your cities and ask yourself who's right. We've got country and you've got crime. We've got green and you've got grime. Let there be no doubt, we have what it takes to till the soil and fill our back aches. Just give us a break and don't be so rude. We love the work and you love the food. We feed you. Grass is fine if you've got a cut or four feet and stand in the mud But we've got two and teeth to chew Don't give us none of that vegetarian stew We're carnivores and we ain't ashamed The reason's simple, it's in the refrain We feed you Out 
out in the country where a woman's called a gal. She's more than a lover, she's a farmer's best pal. We marry them for life, we marry with a vow. And even in the night we know how to plow. Our children have two parents, our children have a home. They don't grow up with no edible syndrome. We're the backbone of this country, the spirit of its soul. Best you ask for whom the bell tolls, we feed you. We feed you, we feed you, we feed you. We love the land, the farm's our career. But make no mistake, we do not steer. Mother Nature's in the driver's seat. I'm talking life and I'm talking wheat. We're riding shotgun, we have our say. But Mrs. N, she knows the way. We feed you. We're all children of a special treat. A miracle of nature that we just call wheat. A crop that's in the Bible, a crop that's in our bread. A crop that's filled our bellies and held us in good stead. Through a history of starvation and times of want and woe. A wheat has been our savior, our grub, our gruel, our dough. There's always lots of problems when we have enough to eat. But there's only one dilemma when there's not enough wheat. We feed you.